This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, AllAboutDerby.com. Hey folks, welcome to Derby from the Balcony with my mom, Deeralia. You are going to enjoy her podcasts. Hey folks, Deeralia with Derby from the Balcony. Happy Labor Day weekend. And if you're from these parts, that means our kids are going back to school tomorrow. So it's been a crazy weekend for a lot of people uh, over in Michigan. And to wind down, at the end of my shift on Sunday, I was fortunate enough to meet up with Florence Fightingale and Rinkrolled from Traverse City Roller Derby. They are a duo in the Northern Michigan Roller Derby community and they have taken on the title of head NSO with Traverse City. And I got to tell you, they have helped out every single league that's up here. Um, I hail from uh, Kalkaska, which is the small town outlaws. They've also helped out with Cadillac de Villains down in Cadillac, Michigan. And, you know, without their knowledge and support, the three of us teams up here would just be completely lost. So just want to take a quick quick moment to just give some love and say thank you for all you do for the roller derby community and uh, as you'll hear momentarily the interview I had with both of them was they're just a delight they're a wealth of information and uh, I really look forward to sharing this I hope it's helpful for you um, especially for those who are trying to recruit more NSOs and consistent NSOs and volunteers for your league Um, Because as we know, we always have friends or family who are willing to come and help out, but they may not really know what the roles and responsibilities of being an NSO are. Um, Same thing with a scorekeeper. I almost feel like, you know, it's kind of like a dungeon master. You know, you have to have a certain level of experience and intellect to be able to handle this. But Rink Rolled or Rinky made it seem like it's really easy Um, I have a lot of really great links that I'm going to add uh, to the posts here as quick references for you listeners. So that way, you know, if you want to give give uh, learning the scoreboard a try or, or figure out a way to make the NSO positions a little bit more organized in your league. Um, They share some great tips and tricks and talk about some things that have worked for them and and maybe don't work so well. So without further ado, I give you Florence Fightingale and Rinkrolled from Traverse City Roller Derby. I was going through the transitional period of trying to figure out, okay, can't skate anymore. Like, that's a given. (laughs) What am I going to do? So last year I volunteered at Mitten Kitten and I just had this like moment, like an epiphany where I was looking around and I'm looking at, you know, the scoreboard table is busy with, you know, three or four different people. You got the announcers and the scorekeepers and then there's all these people in the middle of the rink doing their thing. And I'm like, what if we took all those people away? What would we have in roller derby? Chaos and nothing. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I've been like searching through other roller derby podcasts to kind of see, and a lot of them are doing more like self-help stuff and, you know, here's how you can do this skill and that skill. And I really want other, I want, I want the derby community to know, like, like our team, for example, we're small. 
if we didn't have a team close by, what would we do? How would we know how to run a scoreboard? How what, what would we do for a head in this? So how do we find out this information? And the WFTDA website has given us more information as of late, mm-hmm. but not really thoroughly. Like even today I was trying to search through like roles and responsibilities and it's like the head NSO is responsible for organizing all of the non-skating officials. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. And those what are. Like? <laughs> yeah. So um, joining me today, I have rank rolled Tony and Florence Feitengale mm-hmm. from Traverse City Roller Derby. Um, and we're gonna talk about some of the roles that they've taken on in roller derby. So, um, you want me to call you Rinky or? Rinky's fine. Okay, all right, so Rinky, you've done quite a bit. I know you've done, you've been a skating official. Um, as of late, you've been doing scorekeeping with us um, for you know the Outlaws, for Cadillac, for Traverse City. Um, so what, is that all of your experience in roller derby or? Um, yeah, primarily I started as a ref because, um, I found out about this amazing sport in town and I loved roller skating growing up and I found a way that I could get involved with this and roller skate at the same time. And that's how I kind of got involved. And then over the years, I kind of transitioned to, um, helping out more on the NSO side of things, um just because I couldn't put in the time commitment to really be a good ref. For a skating official? For a skating yeah. official, yeah. And what about you, Florence? Uh, well, you can call me Flo. <laughs> call you Flo. All right, Flo. Um, so <laughs> I started uh, as a skater um, initially, um, playing for TCRD. Um, and I, I did really love playing derby, but eventually it got to be too much of a time commitment with work and all that. And so yeah. um, I had to quit skating and but I still wanted to stay involved. And so we just started showing up to NSO and before long somebody's like, hey, you want to be in charge of this operation? And I was like, okay, <laughs> sure, yeah, let's, I'll wing it, let's do it. <laughs> so did you feel it was kind of more like a trial by fire? Like figure it out on your own type deal? Um, definitely the head NSO part has been that yeah. way, but as, you know, I, the first time I NSO'd it was in the penalty box, which as a former skater is probably the most familiar place to right. start because you at least know how it's supposed to feel, like yeah. how it's supposed to work. <laughs> Everything else is a total mystery to you as a skater, but like in the penalty box, you're like, oh yeah, I got this. I know how to do this. Like stand, go. <laughs> um, and other than that, it's been since we officially took on the two of us, the head NSO job that it's been like, okay, well, nobody else wants to do this job. Okay. I guess it's mine now. Cool. Yeah. You know, just figuring it out. Yeah, I've noticed, like, this past season especially, um, I know you can tell when our team is very unorganized. (laughs) Um, But, you know, helping out with Traverse City and just seeing, like, the routine and the rhythm that, you know, you two have with the team. Um, Like, I was approaching the scoreboard table to make sure that I, I was announcing, and I wanted to make sure I had all the names right. And you had these really cool little, I don't know, almost look like name badges mm-hmm. where you had like every position, like NSO position. Why don't you talk about that just a little bit? So we came up with the badges um, for the tournament that we did last season, so the 2018 season, because it was going to be a whole day and we knew that there would be a lot of switching of the NSOs. And so we came up with this idea of having the badges um, and it's actually been a really helpful thing. It's a really visual way for us to make sure all the jobs are distributed, Yeah. Um, that we have somebody to do all the really essential jobs for about um, 
And so we did that. We also um, made job descriptions for all of the NSO roles. Yes. <laughs> like you were saying that it yeah. can be a little bit complicated. So I went through um, the WIFTA stats book and the NSO manual and kind of read the description of all the different jobs and made like a really simple, plain words, two paragraph version of this is what your job is. So for those occasions where we have people that NSO, they're like, well, I'm willing to help, but I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Cause there's a lot of that that goes on yeah. um, that you can be like, okay, well, here's kind of what you do. And here's a written description of what you do and to be able to share with people, like this is what we expect of you and this is what's important. And then for some of the jobs, um, I actually have the, the WIFTA description printed as well. And that goes, so you've got a clipboard and you've got a name badge for every job on the track, all the NSO jobs. So it makes it really easy for people that have never NSO'd to know what they're doing. And for us as a head NSOs to know what NSOs we still need and which right. ones we already have. So that we're not like, oh, well crap, I already gave three people the penalty box. I don't, what right. if you only do the penalty box? And yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of that that goes on still. I was gonna say, you find people are like switching badges and switching positions? Um, Sometimes there are definitely some roles that nobody wants. <laughs> like, what, what kind of roles would those be? Do you see? Uh, what are the common ones where they're like, yeah, no thanks? A lot of people don't like to be in the penalty box. Really? Yeah, because there's, it can, especially in about with a lot of penalties, there can be a lot of things going on all at the same time. It's a lot of confusion. Um, there's a lot of pressure because the skaters are looking at you and be like, can I go? Is it time? <laughs> and you're like, I have no idea. <laughs> Yes, sure. sure Why not? Yeah. <laughs> like, let the coach official review this later if it's all kinds of wrong, you know. <laughs> um, there's definitely a, some people that don't want to be in the penalty box. Plus, there's the recording aspect of it, too, so that you're kind of keeping people moving in and out of the box, but also having to do all this recording. Um, so sometimes when we have a non-WIFTA bout that we sort of tell people, like, do your best on the paperwork. It's not the most important thing. And that helps as well, just to let people know. Yeah. It takes some of the pressure off. You know? Yeah. So just make sure the timing is right. Right. And that the number is recorded. Like, well, what skater came into the box. And be decisive, because they're right. going to do whatever you tell them to do. So own it. Yeah, just own, own the decision. Yeah. Right or just wrong. be clear with your directions and <laughs> commit. Like, whatever. Even if it's wrong. Like, again, they can for sure review it later if you screw it up. What would you say your favorite position is to to take? Like, you know, so sometimes the head NSO needs to jump in and yeah. actually do a position as well. So what would you say your favorite is? Um, I like to score keep because you really get to watch the bout. Yeah. That's my favorite. And that you're kind of separate so you can do a little bit of cheering under your breath. And like, yay. <laughs> and nobody catches you. When you're talking to the paper, holding yeah, up exactly. your hand. Yeah, you're like, oh, that was some really great derby. <laughs> <laughs> like, and no, nobody's the wiser. <laughs> So uh, for scorekeeping, that kind of like leads into, you know, running the scoreboard. Mm -hmm. um, I will tell you that I have, I've tried to download the scoreboard. I've tried to understand the scoreboard. I've tried to find, I know I've messaged you a few times, like trying to find sites, like, is there a tutorial on how to do this thing? Like, Some and, sort of computer yeah, magic happens. Right. <laughs> so, um... You know, what how, What advice would you give for a team or somebody who's like, I need to learn how to run the scoreboard for my team, and they're like, here you go. Um, I would say, um, well, the first thing is download the scoreboard program ahead of time, learn how to get it set up, um, and spend some time, like, playing with it. Um, starting a game, learn how to stop it, um, you know, try and think of, like, weird situations that might come up and figure out how you're going to... Um, 
do those on the scoreboard. Um, Maybe how to undo mistakes. Yeah, how to undo mistakes <laughs> is another thing too. Uh, and the scoreboard program is actually um, pretty powerful. Like it has like undo controls if you know about them. So uh -huh. like if you accidentally stop a jam when you're not supposed to, you can hit the unstop jam and everything's back the way it was before that happened. Is um, there like is there like a cheat sheet for that somewhere or? There there may be and there's actually a pretty a very active um, Facebook group um, for the scoreboard program uh -huh. and the one that I recommend using is the North Carolina Roller Girls um, scoreboard. Mm -hmm. That seems to be the most popular. Now when you say to like test it out are you saying like go to like WFTDA.TV and find about and just try to copy what they're doing on the screen or take it to practice? That, that certainly is a great way of doing it. Yeah, either of those are great options. Um, if you're running scrimmages mm -hmm. um, or even sims, um, sometimes that could be a good opportunity to, um, to test out using the scoreboard program. Um, the only thing you can run into is sometimes people like to um, edit the times and stuff like that, but then you can kind of learn how to... Um, like stop the clock and do stuff like that. If you're trying to train somebody how to run the scoreboard, what would you say is like the best way to do that? I would say um, have them shadow and have them make, make sure it's someone that understands the game because just understanding the flow of the game, what to watch for, mm -hmm. um, the things you need to be aware of, that's super important. Um, another thing that's helpful is if you have them um, maybe be a timer because um, the, the jam timer and the scoreboard have to work together quite mm -hmm. a bit. So if they understand what um, the timer is going to need from the scoreboard operator, then yeah. you as an operator are going to be able to better um, help out that timer and communicate with the timer. Yeah, I would add um, communication with the jam timer as well as to know that you guys are each other's backups. Yeah. Um, so to make sure that the jam timer is also just using that stopwatch to make sure um, that you know, the scoreboard is the official time, but the jam timer's got to be part of it, too, so that if something goes wrong with the scoreboard, the jam timer's got you back. Right. And the jam timer, that they should have two stopwatches, right? One going with the game clock, and then one going for, or do the, is it really just it one? one? Just you one? with one, usually. Keep an eye on the game clock on the scoreboard. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it used to be that, um, that the scorekeeper or the um, jam timer was the one that kept the official clock but everyone's looking at the um, scoreboard clock yeah. so over the years I think that has become the official clock so I just tell the um, jam timers <laughs> we have a special guest joining us on the table <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah so I just tell the jam timers to always try and go off the um, the scoreboard clock and just have the stopwatch as a backup. So if um, the scoreboard operator forgets to start a jam, mm -hmm. you just start that clock and you can go off of that then and get everything figured out after the jam's over. Now, I know we had a situation at our last game where the jam timer, I think she was just really watching the jam <laughs> and kind of lost track of, of how long the jam had run. Um, and then there was a situation where it was, we were all kind of trying to get someone's attention, like the jam enough, is ended, enough jam. it's time to call it. <laughs> Would you recommend, now I know I was reading that NSOs can actually call penalties. Are, is a scorekeeper allowed to like have a whistle to call off a penalty or call off a jam? Um, that's something I would check with whoever the head ref is okay. um, and see if that's something that they're okay with. Um, 
I know there's instances where, especially if you have a very green um, NSO crew, mm -hmm. it can be very helpful. Like if you have a couple NSOs with experience that have a whistle and could do something like um, yeah. call off a jam. Um, there have been at least two different instances where it would have been very helpful for me as a scoreboard operator to be able to call off a jam mm -hmm. and would have actually saved a lot of um, confusion and yeah. kept the game running a lot quicker and a lot more smoothly. So the rule of thumb is, you know, check with your head official and make sure that they have an understanding of the level of experience for the NSOs. Because I find up here, you know, we, we have a lot of people who are like, hey, my cousin, brother, oh, sister yeah. is here to come <laughs> help out. They've never done it before. Here you go. I hear it's easy. Right. And sometimes I feel like, I don't want to say undervalued, but sometimes I feel like, you know, we're just trying to get as many volunteers as we can just to make sure that the game happens that we don't really take into consideration like wow we need to really be recruiting people who would like to do this on a regular basis who would enjoy doing this because I feel as though you have more of an impact on the game than people realize especially as NSOs yeah definitely you feel it when you have NSOs that don't know what they're doing I did I jam time for the first time this season and definitely I didn't realize that if I was going to whistle off a two-minute jam, that I would be the only one blowing the whistle. Yeah. And so I was kind of standing there like, do I whistle? Do I not whistle? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's happening. And the other team's coach is like yelling, the jam is over. I was like, I know, I know. I don't know what to do about it, though. I didn't you know? remember that. You were like, okay, now that I know what to do, I am good. Right. <laughs> now that I know that I might be the only one whistling, we're good. But... You know, and to be forgiving of situations like that and not get mad at yeah. your new NSOs, at your inexperienced NSOs, because then they're never going to want to come back again. Right. You know, I mean, luckily I'm stuck with the business now, so you can't get rid of me that easy. But still, if I'd have been a new volunteer, somebody that just showed up, somebody's yeah. cousins, brothers, uncles, whatever, right? Um, that maybe that would be the last time I volunteered for roller derby. If yeah. I was yelled at like that. I mean, that's why a lot of people don't like to rap, don't like to NSO. It's why people don't like being in the penalty box. Right. Yeah, because the skaters get upset. That was 31.5 seconds. And you're like, I'm sorry. Like, we'll go now. When I you have my time machine, I'll go back and fix that. Right, like, zero is done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think that we could do as a derby community or as, as a leagues or as leagues to better recruit, you know, NSOs and volunteers? I think appreciation goes a long way. I think there's a lot of people that do a lot of hard work for mm -hmm. roller derby, both skaters, league members and just random community volunteers that don't feel that appreciation, that it doesn't have to be some big grand gesture. It can be just like a, a hug or a high five, be like, hey, I'm super glad you came today. What mm -hmm. are, you know, are you gonna be here next time? I think that goes a really long way in terms of getting people to want to come back, to let them know that their time was valued and what they contributed was important. And there's also the social aspect to it. Um, and a lot of us that have been doing it for a long time have lots of um, great friendships and yeah. stuff like that that we've um, acquired from being involved with roller derby and someone new coming in um, we need to make sure that we're doing whatever we can to make them feel like they're a part of it and that they're I don't know joining the party so to say like um, yeah yeah make sure they're not the ones standing you know they venture out to the after party and they're not the ones standing along the wall by themselves yeah you know <laughs> yeah and I've definitely felt that at some bouts yeah. and stuff I've gone to so yeah well that's really unfortunate I mean like as like I said earlier you both do a lot for the northern Michigan roller derby community um, especially the the derby trifecta that we have going <laughs> on up here um, there's been several occasions where 
you, especially Tony and you, um, if you hadn't come, like, <laughs> woo, I don't know what we would have done. You know, the game I'm sure would have found a way to go on, but it definitely would not have gone as well as it could have. So is there, uh, is there any other like pro tips or tricks that you can think of that you might want to share with somebody just to kind of encourage them to really seek out this aspect of roller derby? Because again, I just feel like so much is focused on the skater. You know, mm -hmm. the skater is the star of the show. Um, and I'm really enjoying being on the other side of the tape. Uh, I loved skating, it was a good decade, but there's just so much more to be you know, involved in and embrace being on the other side. I just just want people to know, you know, what's out there. Yeah. I definitely feel like I haven't given up roller derby because I've moved into NSOing, that even though I don't skate anymore, I still feel like part of it. I'm still friends with all the people that I was friends with when I was skating. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. Just, you know, it is still our social group. I mean, that's how we met, you and I. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it worked out pretty good in the long run. <laughs> How long have you been together, if you might don't mind me uh, asking? Like six and a half years now? Six and a half years, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Derby does bring people together. Oh, Indeed. yeah. <laughs> what about you, Ricky? Anything else you want to add? Um, no, I think, um, I think Kate um, summed up pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I just want to thank you guys for taking the time to talk with me. I might be reaching out to you and see if maybe we can link some of those documents you were talking about just as an example yeah, uh, sure. to some of these other leagues to say, you know, hey, this is something that you could do to make it easier for your NSOs. Um, you know, especially I want to get in on that name badge action. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's been a few times I feel like all I do is walk up to the scoreboard table and go, I'm so sorry, Tony. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I feel like I'm not organized at all. I'm so sorry. And he's like, no, no, it's okay. All nice and calm. But, you know, just seeing when you guys are in action in your home league and, and how organized you are and how smooth you make everything go. Even if you feel in your mind or yeah. behind the scenes that it's not. The vibe that you give to everybody is you guys got it all on lockdown. So. Right. Yeah, you got this. It's kind of what I do for a living, actually, it feels like. So, so I think that's kind of how that all started. Right? Yeah. yeah. You're just you're just good at that multitasking, like, organizing. You got this. This is a goat rodeo. It'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> it's a goat rodeo. We'll be good. <laughs> we'll figure it out. And it always it. comes together, so Aww. no reason to get fussed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys again so much. Thank I really you. appreciate thank you. it. And uh, I look forward to seeing you maybe at Mitten Kitten. This year. Maybe. Maybe, so. maybe we'll talk you into it. Yeah. <laughs> Rinky and Flo were an absolute delight. They are a wealth of knowledge. They are wonderful human beings. And it was really a pleasure to sit down. Um, they invited me into their home and just and sit down and talk with them. The special guest that we had through the interview uh, was their cat juice. He was such a sweetheart. He jumped right on the table and he wanted to put his two cents into the microphone too. So, um, so just a couple things that uh, Rinky and I were talking about after I turned off the microphone because I'm learning. Sometimes I turn that microphone off a little bit too soon. Um, just a couple more best practices from the scoreboard operator side. When it comes to having a computer to run the scoreboard, make sure you have a clean PC and or a dedicated user account just for the scoreboard. Um, so you just want to make sure that, you know, that 
that computer is meant for league business or that the user account for the league is only accessed by the league. The last thing you want is to have a computer that might have a bunch of infections or bloatware um, that's really going to slow it down or want to run like a Windows update in the middle of, you know, the first half, uh, which can cause some technical difficulties. Always make sure you double check before you leave that you have a power cable for the computer. Don't rely on the battery. Um, even though it says it's fully charged, you never know how many timeouts you're going to have. You don't know how long the official reviews are going to last. So always make sure that you have a power cord and a power source for that PC. Again, run any system updates at least a few days ahead of time. Um, even maybe the night before, just to double check and make sure it's not going to prompt you. There are ways where you can turn them off the day before as well, just to make sure that that's not going to be something that's going to give you some technical difficulties and give you a delay of game. Try to have the scoreboard set up and ready to go more than an hour before the bout starts. I think that is a really great best practice from Rinky. The last thing you want to do is show up 10 minutes before the game and for some reason it won't power on or, you know, it, it does take time to enter in all of the data um, from both teams, you know, entering in the rosters and the numbers and whatnot. Uh, <clears throat> Rinky prefers to bring an external keyboard and a mouse. Um, you know, sometimes you can accidentally click the trackpad unless you have it turned off. And so just having an external keyboard and mouse is just going to be another best practice to make sure you're not going to accidentally click that trackpad with your wrist or, you know, your lower thumb area uh, and, and cause any extra technical difficulties during the game. And it's always a great idea to have a copy of the scoreboard program on a USB thumb drive. Uh, keep in your pocket or keep in your NSO bag and update it every now and then just in case for some reason. You know, you might have corrupted files on your PC because you know how technology is fickle. Um, you know, it, it, somebody could delete one thing and, and it's a part of that file that you need. Uh, and uh, we want to make sure that everything is, is working smooth. So again, I'm going to insert some links into the description of this episode. I'm going to make sure to um, put a link to the scoreboard with a wiki that has installation instructions and best practices. Um, I'm also going to link the active Facebook page that he'd mentioned in the interview. Um, there are keyboard layouts that you can choose from. Um, I'm going to link the one that Rinky uses. It's good for touch typers because you can use it without having to look at the keyboard. And you can also remember to start and stop as G is for go and H is for halt. So, uh, you know, all these great best practices um, again, once you get it set up and downloaded ahead of time, make sure that you, you know, maybe take it to practice and just practice running the scoreboard or find a game, you know, on YouTube or whatnot and just see if you can follow along and start and stop your game clock at the same times that they do. Um, again, I can't thank Flo and Rinky enough for taking the time to talk with me. Um, I really hope this is helpful for some people out there. If you like what you hear, please like and share, rate, review, do all the things that people are supposed to do. Apparently, if you rate and review the podcast, it helps people find it better, which if it's helpful, then maybe people should be able to find it. 
Um, thank you to Lulu from All About Derby for always being so supportive. Uh, Lulu's hitting the road right now and doing some pop-up derby shops. So make sure you check out allaboutderby.com. Use the code BALCONY and the number 10, BALCONY10, together. You'll save 10% on your order. And uh, yeah, again, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you listening. I hope you found this helpful. And until next time, take care. Hey friends, derail you with Derby from the Balcony. Just want to take a moment to announce how excited I am about a new partnership with Lulu at All About Derby. All About Derby is Michigan's premier derby-owned and operated business. Skip the prime shipping and use code BALCONY10 when you check out at allaboutderby.com and you'll save 10% on your order. If you have any special requests or questions or you can't find what you're looking for on Lulu's site, just shoot her a quick message and she'll get back to you ASAP with the best advice and the most competitive prices. Thank you for all you do for the derby community, Lulu. We really appreciate you.